Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I've been at this journey for a long time. I want to share some of the things I've learned. Probably one of the most difficult parts of this journey has been feeling like God was silent. 
getting an answer, wondering where he was, wondering, in fact, is there even a God? About 30 years ago, I finally met that question head on and pressed God to demonstrate for me that he was real by by doing something for me that I desperately needed doing. I guess I grew up in a Christian home where prayer was an expected response from us to God. We prayed in the morning and we prayed in the evening, the whole family holding a family worship time. And that laid a foundation for me when I was in, what, probably the third grade, I became desperately sick as a little boy. And I either really got sick or I was running outside like a wild Indian. Well, I was really sick, running a temperature over 104. My mom and dad both very fearful that I would go into convulsions and die. As I lay in that bed, all I know is that I'd been told I could pray and ask Jesus for anything, and he would do it. And so, very quietly, asked Jesus if he would heal me. The doctor was coming from downtown. Mom and Dad were frightened enough. They called Dr. Tyron made a home visit way out in the country. Instantly, when I made that prayer, just a little boy prayer, Jesus heard my prayer and instantly answered, and I was well and bouncing out of that bed so quickly. Dr. Tyron said, Orpha, to my mom, why did you call me? He's fine. I knew Jesus had answered my prayer. And that was sufficient to carry me for quite some time, quite a few years. By the time I was a grown man and had been through the unbelieving Christian college and university, I too had become a skeptic. I was not happy. My heart was lonely. I didn't know how to find Jesus. I didn't know how to pray. In fact, I only prayed publicly then. There was no private life with Jesus. And I finally made the decision, I'm so miserable, I'm either going to throw this whole Christian thing out the window and go into business, or I'm going to have to find out where God is. Well, He knew where he was. I just didn't know where he was. Didn't know where I was. I then made the determination that I would enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit. And I would find out what this prayer deal was all about. Now, let me segue into a whole nother issue. 
My wife and I are good friends. I like it that way. I like that we're lovers, that we care deeply for one another. But you know what? Marriage is not a one-way street. It requires much more than that. If I never spoke to Twyla, except maybe once in a while I'd shoot her a text message, I never saw her, I never a relationship would that be. It'd be dead. It'd be ugly. What I'm saying to you is, prayer is a part of a, of a number of things that have to come together for a relationship with Jesus to work. You have to answer him when he calls you, and he has to answer you when you call him. Now, it's a spirit relationship, so you don't usually see each other. But on occasion, I have been able to very distinctly hear from him in English. But it's not, it's not a mystical relationship. It's nuts and bolts. It's very real. It's an everyday friendship and relationship. Now, it's not friendship in the sense that we're equal. We're not. He's God, and I'm just an old man. But what's happened over the years is that prayer life has expanded and built itself out so that we often talk with one another. Now, it's not always pleasant talk. Right now, I'm in a very painful situation with God. And it's okay. It's discipline. I've been in the process of being molded again into a new person. I needed that, by the way. So I'm now in the fifth month of having fallen and broken my hip and having been totally housebound, can't walk, can't use my right leg. It's very painful. It's still very painful. Last night, quite a part of the night, I was in a, a red haze of pain. Well, what's all that about? I disobeyed the Lord. I was shallow and disobedient. Didn't understand what he was asking of me. And neither did I go and ask him. I just figured, well, I'll go along the way I have been and everything will work out. Well, no, it didn't work out. Stop me. Grateful for that. I want to be very clear. A relationship with Jesus is not 
sugar-coated. Relationship with Jesus is first and foremost about being saved from my own wickedness, of being disciplined. And then, with Jesus, it's about serving him, being a part of his kingdom, and doing what he asked me to do for him. In other words, if I can ask him to do for me what I need, can't he ask me to do for him what he needs? Yes. Why do this radio broadcast? I do this because Jesus asked me to do it. Well, not really. He told me to do it. That's a little different. But it's okay. Because in an intimate relationship with the God of heaven, You do some things only because he tells you to do them. I know some of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. You've never heard God say anything to you about anything he wanted you to do. Frankly, because you've been too far away from him to even hear what he's saying. Hard to hear God when you're a long ways away from him. So, yes. I pray, and he answers my prayers. That's also a part of being loyal to him, being respectful, reading the scriptures, doing what he asked me to do, walking in obedience, not being rebellious, not going to the world or the flesh or the devil to satisfy my heart, but going only to Jesus. That's what's happening now in my life. I don't go to the movies. I don't go to the internet, my entertainment. I go there when he tells me to go, and there's a very specific purpose. I don't go to people. I first go to Jesus. So I walk with Jesus without any known rebellion, or sin in my life. There are times when I mess up. Like this, got this discipline brought on me. And Jesus has told me that next month, it's the month of September, he will heal me. I ask, can you shorten that time? (laughs) He didn't even answer me on that. The assignment has been made. I'll walk it out. And then I'll do what he's asked me to, to do. Now, you see, prayer folds into a whole life in Jesus. It's not a separate piece. It's a, it's a key part of a whole understanding between us about who he is and who I am and what he wants from me and what I want from him. 
So we walk that out. Say, we walk that out. He walks it out with me. Oh. Read something. Luke, the 11th chapter. The disciples are all concerned about, teach us to pray. John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. You teach us how to pray. So this is gives us the, our Father. And that's been very helpful to me, developing my life of prayer with Jesus. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me. and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will he will not get up and give him bread because he is his friend. Yet because of his boldness, he will get up. He also, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. Well, I began to meditate on this some years ago and began to understand that there was a three-step process necessary for prayer. The first was to ask. And initially, that asking for me needed to be loud and stormy. Desperate. Even shouting. Discovered that that really didn't get the job done. But it let Jesus know I was upset and I needed him and that he was going to respond in some way. Secondly, search. Search. Seek. And you will find. Then I discovered for me that the real answer for getting a prayer answered just knocked me on his door. Because then he opens the door to you. A man said to me once, let's be friends. I said, whoa, 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 wait wait a minute. 
I'm an expensive person to be friends with. I expect a lot from a friend. Well, what do you expect? Well, I expect that you will be always available for me. That the door will always be there for me to come and knock on. That the welcome mat will never be withdrawn. You're not going to get mad at me and cut me off. I've had some very dear friends do that with me, and it's broken my heart. Friendship means for me that you never turn a friend away. That the door is always there. That the doormat is always saying, welcome. And then it means knocking on their door. Now, when I started out, it meant I pounded on the door. What I discovered is pounding on the door doesn't cause the door to open any quicker or any better. Just very lightly knocking. Knock and the door will be open to you. Well, if the door is open to me, there's a hug waiting. There is whatever I need waiting. It's available. For everyone who asks, receives. Finally, not immediately. He who seeks, finds. He who searches for what he needs, he'll finally find it. To him who knocks, the door will always be open. That's the kind of relationship I have with Jesus. There's never a time when I can't knock on Jesus' door and know beyond any question that he has heard my knock and that he's working it out so he can answer the door. It says the door will be opened. Doesn't say how soon. Says it will be opened. Okay, so be patient. Wait. Not a hurry. Your life is in Jesus' hands. He's your Lord. He's your master. He's your friend. So wait for the door to be opened. He will open it. It bothered me to name today's broadcast, Pound on the Door. But that's kind of where we all have to start. Because we don't believe that he's there. We don't believe he's going to answer. So pound and pound and pound. Don't do that anymore. Now I knock. And I know his welcome mat will never be taken in. I know he's there for me. Then he goes on, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, give him a snake instead? In other words, I'm not going to go to Jesus and knock lightly on his door and have him open it and throw a snake in my face. He doesn't operate that way. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Ah, 
He doesn't do that to me either. I don't get stung by Jesus. I surrender to Jesus. I give all I am to him. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Giving the Holy Spirit, it's the whole deal. It's everything. The Holy Spirit will shelter you in the blood of Jesus. Receiving the Holy Spirit, receive the gold of heaven. Now, you can understand when I say to you, I didn't get all this quickly. Taken time. It's taken trial runs. There have been times when I have not I have not done what the Holy Spirit told me to do. Jesus told me to do through the Spirit. I'm paying a price for that now. It's all right. It's part of the deal. That he has the right, according to Hebrews, the 11th, 12th chapters. Particularly the 12th chapter. He has the right to give you a whipping. You're not equals. He is the commander. And you need to know that when you go to pray. So you pray respectfully. You don't threaten him. You don't argue with him. You come respectfully to his door, knowing that he loves you and that you love him. And you knock gently. You don't throw a hissy fit at his door. You don't yell and scream. You treat him with honor. When you ask him for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the Holy Spirit. When he's ready, with his power, There's another passage of Scripture that will help us reflect on Luke 11. And that's in Luke 17. Let me read this to you. No, I'm sorry, it's Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable show them that they should always pray and not give up. Don't give up and say, Jesus just isn't home for me. He doesn't care about me. Jesus has deserted me. He's left me. No, 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 no. 
said to me, I will never leave you, never forsake you. He said that at a time when I desperately needed to hear that Jesus was real and that he was there for me. I can tell you, he is real. He is there for you. And prayer is the way you access him. It's like the finest wireless cell phone in the world. He's always there. He's always listening. He's always got your back. He said in a certain town, there was a judge. Neither feared God nor cared about man. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Give me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Lord said, listen to what that unjust judge says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Tell you. See that they get justice quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is a question that's troubled me because I want to be one when Jesus comes that has not departed from my faith in him. I've not lost my confidence in him. Now, the devil comes. You're facing a very difficult situation, such as I'm facing right now. Or when you're facing the very painful situation of a husband or wife that's sick and dying. Or a child. Or a miscarriage. You'd set your hope on having that baby. So painful for you. Not have that child. It was the hope of your heart to hold that baby in your arms. The fulfillment of your grandest desire. Jesus says, Very startling statement. Son of man comes. Will he find faith on the earth? Will he still find people who have suffered the rigors of this world and the devil's attacks and all the devil has lied to you? Will there be a people who will still stand firm by faith in a covenant relationship with Jesus? They will not give up on him. They will not turn aside from the faith 
that comes from God. Now, I need to take you very quickly. Hebrews. Hebrews 12th chapter, the 11th chapter, I'm sorry. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand the universe was formed at God's command, that what is seen was not made out of what we have visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. This scripture has, for many years, not made sense to me. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. How can I be sure of anything? Can I be certain of what I do not see? Well, the answer was not simple for me to come to. But it's this. God spoke a rhema word to every one of the people in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. He spoke a rhema word, that is, a living word that was true. God has spoken to you a rhema word about the fact that he loves you that he knows what's happening in your life, and you can trust him with whatever he decides. This is what we mean when we say dying to self and utterly giving ourselves into the hand. Say, okay, we hear God's word. Well, now what operates in our life is not our faith. It's not what we conjure up. It's not what we pump ourselves up to say, this is true, it's got to be true, I'm going to trust Jesus. No, no, no. no. God speaks. God speaks that word to us, and we hear that word very clearly in our hearts. God has spoken. We stand by faith. That's God's faith. We stand by. I used to be very much one of those who believed in in faith. Faith has a power. No, my faith has no power. The faith that has power is God's faith. If he says it, he'll do it. You can trust him. Yes, that's... I want to conclude with by saying friendship with God is a friendship we know we can trust him, that we have put in his hands our life, our well-being, our hopes, our dreams, our bucket list. We've put everything in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and he speaks to us about what he wants to do. Now he's saying, Will the Lord find my faith, the faith of God? Will the Lord find faith on the earth when he comes back? Will he find faith on the earth? Not the devil's faith, not not witchcraft. I mean, most, most faith that we see and, and look for, most of that faith is witchcraft. Tell you what, it's not God's faith. That faith comes from the presence and power of God. Read it again. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I would have made it a little more plain after my discovery. Son of man comes, will he find God's faith on the earth? Trust what God is doing in your life, even if it means you're dying? You trust what God is doing in your life, even if it means you get evicted from your house? Do you trust what God is doing even when you're sick? Trust what God is doing. You break your leg, your hip. Five months in and still in great deal of pain. I do. I trust what God is doing in my life. You? You trust what God is doing? Or will you... Complain. And will you go to Jesus and say, I don't like what you're doing in my life. I'm taking my life back. I can run my life better than you can run it. Nonsense. I want you to begin to pray. Some of you say, I don't know how to pray. Talk to him like you would to a friend. Get acquainted. Find out he's faithful and true. He's loving and he's kind. He's also very straight. And he'll also discipline you. Call you to account. That's okay. He's a friend. You can trust him. You can trust the decisions he's making about your life. Not in charge anyway. He is. You may not like that, but that's the truth. He is in charge of your life. And you can rebel against that and go your own way and really muck your life up. I know I've done that. 
done that. But you don't need to muck your life up. You can trust Jesus to carry you through safely, securely. My brother, my sister, Jesus is an awesome God. Grander than any person you could imagine. More kind, more generous, more loving, more faithful. Any person you could imagine. And he's for real. The way you get acquainted with him is begin to talk with him. Ask him to wash you and make you clean. Ask him to shelter you in his blood. Ask him to wash you. To grow you up as his friend. As the lover of your soul. You've been listening to Pastor Ray, National Prayer Chapel. Let's pray together. Almighty God, I have found you to be faithful and true. You have never, ever lied to me. Your door has always been opened when I have knocked. And you have come back time after time. And you've knocked on my door. Said, Ray, I need to talk to you. Had a conversation. I've read your word. I've searched after you with all of my heart. And I will continue to do that. Because it's in your word that I learn who you are and how you operate, what your ways are. It's in your word that I find comfort, solace. I thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you for what you did on the cross. You died there for me. Shed your blood. I pray, Lord, that each person who's listening today will humble their heart before you. Not treat you like a stranger, angry with you. Be cynical, bitter. I pray, Lord, that we can just sink into your love. For that's what you've called me to do. You said, pray, enter my rest. Which is an invitation to sink into your love and know that you love me. And know that everything's going to work out according to your plan. I don't need to be afraid. Wait upon you. 
Lord, you've shown me that I don't have to worry anymore. That I don't have to be concerned about where the money is going to come from. Or what success I'm going to have or what failure I'm going to have. Lord, you've shown me that what you want of me is just to sink into your love. Rest in you, Jesus. And let you handle everything else. That you will do what you need to do to lead me. That you will do all that is necessary to shape my heart and my life. For you are the potter and I am the clay. That you will shape me according to your desire and your will that I could be of use in your kingdom. I would not be overwhelmed with grief or sorrow. I can just sink into your love, Jesus. For that is the only way I know to enter into you. Let you enfold me. I don't need a traveling buddy. I need a lover of my soul, one who shapes me, protects me, and guards me from the devil's attacks. I'm in your hands. Your hands are strong and capable, and I will trust you. Thank you. In your holy name. I'm Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel. You can write to me. And then I'm going to pray for the sick. National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346. Woodbridge, Virginia, 2195. I want to thank Michael, Dirk, many others have been contributing. Initiation and at the call of Jesus. Though it's not because of me, I'm no one, but Jesus is everyone, everything. He's the best of the best. As he prompts you to give, let's do that. A young woman walked up to me yesterday. She's in my home visiting with my wife. She brought me $50. She said, please, this is for the radio. Thank you. Well, let's pray. I ask that you would move in the hearts of your people. That they would bring their tithes and their offerings a straight word of gospel. 
And Lord, I forgive those who have been embittered by what I have said. Done. And I ask Jesus that you too. I'm praying, Lord, for those who have guilty conscience, disturbed heart, or rancor or bitter bitterness against you, Jesus, or against your people, against me. Lord, I pray that love will flow from this broadcast. People will know that I love them and that I'm praying for them. Lord, I know many today are sick, physically sick or heart sick. I ask that you would bring healing for both the heart sickness and the physical sickness. I pray, Lord, you'll restore people to their right mind. I ask, Lord, that you would come in power and comfort those who are dying. I pray, Lord, that you will come with compassion, mercy, grace, that you would be very real to each person who's listened today. Jesus, would you have I pray, Lord, that you would up the desolate, encourage the burdened. in your holy name. Well, you're welcome to go to our webpage, nationalchapel.com. I'll go check right after this broadcast to see is given. I'll take time and pray for each one who has. You know, this is not the normal radio broadcast. YouTube broadcast. I'm trying to simply be faithful to what Jesus has said. About my duty is to call you into that intimacy with Jesus. Because he's what it's all about. It's not about organizations. It's not about money, business, success. Broadcast is only about Jesus and knowing him and obeying him. So I ask you today, would you seek faith? Would you seek Jesus' face? Take time to pray. Lay down all of that busy stuff not going to get you anywhere. In the end, it won't mean anything. That friendship with Jesus, that's everything. Take some time just to pray. 
Take some time just to listen to the Spirit. Do what he tells you. We live in a very troubled time, and it's going to grow more troubled. Finances are going to crash. They wonder, where are we going to find food to eat? His door is right there. Knock on his door. He will answer. Praying for you. Jesus will move in your hearts, give you his place of rest. We live in a time of real danger. Join me in praying that you will be sheltered under the blood of Jesus Christ that the devil can't touch you. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, and yes, I do love you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of